Welcome into the House of L podcast, our Bears recap for Bears Bills. Bears win 41 to 9 over Buffalo. I'm Lauren Tomes here with you talking about all this stuff. I'm glad that you're hanging out. We are brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. When we do Bears stuff, we are brought to you by the Wolves. Thanks to them, ChicagoWolves.com. You can check them out. You can go get tickets to go see games. They had a good bounce back this weekend. Won a game, and now there's a showdown coming up next week in Milwaukee with them and the Admirals. There's always a lot of bad blood with them and the Admirals. I like that. I really like that. If you want to check them out on Instagram or on Twitter, on Twitter you can check them out at Chicago underscore Wolves and get yourself some tickets. Parking is free. Brought to you by the fine folks at Kia. And, you know, Milwaukee's not far. I don't want you to go. I'd rather you go to games at the Allstate Arena because that – more directly supports the Wolves. But if you want to take the trip up to Milwaukee to go see them, that would be fine as well. So we thank them for sponsoring us and bringing us to you. I've been trying to figure out on the drive over from NBC Sports Chicago to the Score Studios where I'm recording today, what I wanted to talk about. And I don't have a show tomorrow, tomorrow being Monday, because the the Bulls are playing the Knicks. So there's no show for me. So I thought maybe I could do some of the stuff that I would – ordinarily do on the show here on the pod since it'll have to breathe until Tuesday when I'm back at it and doing the radio show from out in DeKalb. We're going to be at Fatty's Pub, which is always nice. They treat us really good. Yes, I know about the potato salad. No, I'm not a big fan of potato salad, but I appreciate you offering me up your delicacies from DeKalb. All right. Here's the thing about the Bears win. There isn't a ton to say about it. We all kind of figured that this is what it would look like. We all know that Buffalo's really bad. I thought that the only way the Bills could win is if they forced a turnover. If they got points on defense or were able to score on special teams, that was the only way that they were going to be able to do it. And they weren't able to do that. It came close early on. There's that play where where Mitch tried to make a play out of a play that wasn't there and should have just kind of thrown it out of bounds, and they get knocked out of field goal position, and he loses the ball. But the Bears are able to jump on it. Jump on it. Jump on it. Jump on it. But the Bears did that, and they did exactly what you need to do. You you need to smother a team that is not good. Don't give them any hope. And outside of the first quarter, where in the first quarter I thought the the Bears – allowed them in it like the bills should have been really happy with the first quarter but after that it was on it was it was on and the bears defense came to play so before i get into kind of a bigger picture topic about this game and the significance of this game i i I just like to say roquan smith has been playing great and as we've talked about on previous episodes because they signed, they traded for and then signed Khalil Mack, because we're all enthralled in trying to figure out if Mitchell Trubisky is good, Roquan Smith gets to kind of fly underneath the radar a little bit. And I think that's been great for him because it's allowed him to just develop as a player and do great things. The box score that I saw, the final box I saw was 13 tackles and a forced fumble for Roquan. Led the team in tackles. 
Dan Trevathan had 12 tackles. So those two guys combined for 25 tackles. The thing I like about Roquan, and one of the reasons I wanted the Bears to draft him in the first place, was the way that he flows to the ball. That this is a guy that is around the ball. That is going full speed like his hair is on fire. When the ball is in the vicinity, and we saw that when he forces the fumble, Eddie Jackson picks it up, and he's able to take it to the house for a touchdown. You got two young drafted players working on a play like that. It's great. But Roquan has been active. He has been what football people describe as playing downhill. And he's got a couple of sacks in there. And and yes, one of them was the Tom Brady, I'm just going to give up sack, but who cares? He has been, if if there was no Khalil Mack in, for the last couple of weeks, there hasn't been, we would be talking a lot more about where he is as far as development goes. And from what I see, we are seeing a guy that's getting it, that's that understands what he's doing, and is now playing at a much faster speed than he was in the first game or the second game of the season. And remember, he had no training camp. Really, he had no training camp. So that's exciting. And I I don't think it's just been this week. I thought he played really well last week and the week before, too. I like his style. You can see what the Bears saw in him on tape. He plays aggressively. He gets downhill. He is trying to hit someone hard. And he is trying to knock the ball loose. And he was able to do that today when they needed it. He played really well. I thought Aaron Lynch played well. Can we can we talk about the, the McCringleberry for a second? So I'm a big fan of Key and Peele. If you're not a big fan of Key and Peele, I suggest you look up the the skit McCringleberry. It's a made-up football player. They're playing in a game. He keeps scoring touchdowns, but he keeps getting penalties because he doesn't know that you can only pump twice. They allow you two pumps. They don't allow you three pumps. (laughs) So Aaron Lynch is out there after he makes a big play. They didn't have the camera on him. I would love to see the reverse angle. I'll have to see if I can if I can spot it on the coach's tape, which would be hilarious if tomorrow when I go through the coach's tape, I get him doing his best McCringleberry impersonation. <laughs> I love it. You get two though, Aaron. Two. And he talked with JJ Stankovitz after the game from NBC Sports Chicago. And he said, Hey. I'm going to keep on doing my thrust thing. If if that's the celebration I'm going to do, I'm going to do three pumps. Great. Do your three pumps, man. But know that you're going to get flagged for it. That's what they kept telling McCringleberry. You get two. <laughs> then you got to give them the extra. Man, Moose Johnson was not happy about that. He almost went full Joe Buck. That is a disgusting act. He almost did it. He didn't, but he was close to saying it. But like I said, there's not a lot to say out of this game. 
even with them giving Jordan Howard red zone touches, which turned into two touchdowns, which is fantastic. They still, he still only averaged 3.4 yards per carry. But I will say that one run he had where he trucked that dude, hit the truck stick on him. Trubisky said it really well in, in, in the post game. He said, I feel for that guy. You do not want to be one-on-one straight ahead trying to tackle Jordan Howard when he's got 10 yards of steam built up before contact. You're probably going to lose that battle. And he did. And Jordan Howard got to the end zone twice. He scores, so he should be happy. Tariq Cohen's doing this weird thing where he's running backwards, and he's so athletically gifted that it's been working for him. Now, I don't know how much longer that's going to work, but so far, so good with him reversing field. You just know that at some point, that is going to turn into a play that everyone hates. You just know. You just know that that's going to happen. And you're going to go, oh, what is he doing? What is he thinking? And that's going to be it. And you're going to be disappointed and all that good stuff. But it was one of those games where you just get out and move on. You beat those guys and you move on. And I'm going to move on too because, oh, Leonard Floyd. We got wait. Before I move on, we got to give Leonard Floyd props. Leonard Floyd, he has the interception. He was around the ball. He was in the backfield a little bit. And that's good for him. You still want to see him get to the quarterback because that's what he's paid to do. But his athleticism allows him to come up with that interception. Right place, right time. Takes the ball to the house. I would imagine that that was a very satisfying moment for him. Now, he still has to get into the end zone. But I would imagine it's really, really satisfying. So congratulations to Leonard Floyd. He deserves it. He made a nice play. And that's a very, very good thing. As I've told you, ChicagoWolves.com. The Wolves are sponsoring our Bears conversations here on House of L. You can go check them out. They've got a big game on Wednesday against the Milwaukee Admirals up in Milwaukee. They had a nice bounce back this weekend. For tickets, ChicagoWolves.com or follow them on social Makes it nice and easy. Chicago underscore Wolves. Now, the thing that I wanted to really get into has to do with the fact that the Bears are now five and three. They're five and three. You're halfway through the season, and the Bears are five and three. That's great news. It's exciting. One of the criticisms that you get when you work in sports or you cover sports is you want the team to lose, which couldn't be farther from the truth. We like for teams to win. Now, what that means is, is even though a team may be winning, that doesn't, that doesn't eliminate criticism or something that can be done better. You're probably doing the same thing as you're watching a game and you see something that you don't particularly like. You point it out. It's the same thing. We just happen to have microphones when we do it. And so people think that we're being negative, and teams often think that you're being negative when you do something like that. But 
it's better for everybody if the team wins. And let me explain why. And I know that you may have heard this before, but let me explain why. When the team does well, you're more interested. You care more. And if you care more, then you're going to seek out my podcast and seek out my radio show or watch the television show because you want to know what's going on with the team. So it's great. And the Bears being good from a record standpoint is fantastic for everyone involved. Absolutely everyone involved. Here's where I'm at right now. I'm excited for the next three weeks. You got Detroit, Minnesota, and then Detroit. So three games in 11 days for the Bears. Three games in the division. They've got five divisional games left. They lost the first one to Green Bay, obviously. What I don't know is if the Bears are good. I know their record is good. I don't know if they're good. I I have some thoughts on that. Khalil Mack makes your defense really good. He has not played in the last couple weeks, and I think that was a smart decision by the Bears. Allen Robinson, I don't know what's going on with Allen Robinson, and they haven't needed him either. So the the two big moves that you made in the offseason were able to sit and get rested over the last couple weeks. But Nagy said something that made me uncomfortable in postgame where he talked about how the plan probably – is going to be like it has been the last few weeks where they are limited or no participation in practice. That's that's scary to me. Now, I will give Nagy this credit. He could be saying that as subterfuge. He could be saying that so that Detroit isn't quite as prepared as they would be if they knew for sure that Mac and or Robinson were going to play. But if the injury is still bad enough next week that Khalil Mack is hampered or doesn't play, I, I got some questions about what that injury is because the Bears were telling everybody and their mama it is not a high ankle sprain. Well, if it's an ankle sprain... It's a really severe one. If he just rolled it, and it's not what what a lot of people would say like is a torn ligament for the high ankle sprain, then that's not great that he's not out there on the field yet. And so I wonder, I'm, I'm going to be watching closely this week once we get to Wednesday, how much Khalil Mack practices heading into the Detroit game and obviously if he ends up playing or not playing in the game. But let me get back to the happy. It's great that the Bears are 5-3. and three. It gives us a lot to talk about, and I think that it's great for the guys that are on the team. So if you're looking at Mitchell Trubisky's maturation, if you're looking at whether or not he is becoming a better quarterback, the fact that he, he can do it while a team is, is squarely in the playoff hunt is kind of cool. With them already having an above 500 record, with them leading the division, it gives him more room to make mistakes. It's funny, NFL schedules are pretty much the same now. 
everyone has the same opponents except for two intra-conference opponents. And the Bears are going to luck up from who their intra-conference opponents are this year. So, like, all of the NFC North played all of the AFC East, right? Right. They, they played all of that. Everyone had those same four games on their schedule. Obviously, you play each other the same. So then you start talking about the, the difference in the schedule is really only two games. And with the Bears, where the, where the Bears end up getting Tampa out of the NFC South, Minnesota, because they finish first, gets New Orleans. And that could end up being the difference. In a year where the NFC North is super jumbled, it might be the two games that that the schedule that actually plays a role in the schedule could end up being the difference between the Bears getting into the playoffs and not getting into the playoffs. How great is that? So it's all so wait, let me make sure I get this right. It's all of everyone in the conference plays an entirely I'm sorry. Everyone in the division plays entirely another division. So this year for the Bears, Vikings, Packers, and Lions, it's the NFC West. They're all playing the four teams in the NFC West. They're all playing the four teams in the AFC East. Then they're playing each other. And then the only other two games that count are the two intra-conference games. That are on this. That's where your record actually plays a role in this. So I know that one of those games is, I want to make sure I get this right. One of those games is the NFC South game. So the Bears got Tampa Bay. And what's the other one? There's one more game. And, and the Bears will get the Giants. That's great. You get those two opponents while someone else gets Philadelphia. And someone else gets Washington and Dallas. It's great. And now the Bears are five and three. It's fun for them to be five and three. And it's going to make for an interesting November. It hasn't been very many Novembers over the last few years where they've been exciting or interesting or anything like that in the month of November. And now they've got games with money on the table. Kind of wish you had that Dolphins game back. And maybe you wish you had the Packers game back. You think about the the almost fuller interception. And if you want, you could even talk about the Patriots game. There are moments in that Patriots game that you wish you had back too. But it's all in front of them. All the Bears have to do is win. They're in a position now where they don't have to worry about anyone else but themselves. The games that are on their schedule that are right in front of them. So they've they've got Detroit, who just, I don't understand them. I don't understand the Golden Tate trade. I know that they have a lot of confidence in their young receivers, but it felt like a give-up move, and it felt like a give-up move in week eight when you were one game out. Now, they end up losing to Minnesota today, and I wonder what type of – what are the Bears going to get next week? 
if I'm Detroit, you're kind of playing for your life next week. Your playoff life. So what type of effort do you get from Matthew Stafford and the boys next week? Same thing with Minnesota. They have got they have got to buckle down if they want to make the playoffs. And the Bears are right in front of them the next week. Both of those games are at Soldier Field. And then the Bears go to Detroit for Thanksgiving. And how, how the Bears handled this with guys who are trying to return from injury is important too. So we'll see. But it's fun. It's fun to be at a place where you can now start thinking about the playoffs. I'll just tell you from a personal standpoint, I've been trying to figure out I got some vacation time coming, and ordinarily vacation time would be around the first week of postseason. I don't I don't know if I can leave. Not that the score wouldn't allow me, but I might not feel right about it, but I need to plan because you want to get the best deal on travel, wherever it is you go. And I've never really, over the not never, but over the last few years, I haven't had to worry about the Bears might be in the playoffs. So it might not be the best time to take a vacation. How crazy is that? And now I'm in a place where I do have to worry about that. Which is great. It just means I got to cram a lot of vacation time into a short window. That's okay. It's worth it. Because as I said earlier, I enjoy the interaction when we're talking about a good team. It's more fun. It's more fun for everyone. It's more fun for you to listen. It's more fun for me to talk about. It's more fun for, for you to read about. It's great. And I was checking out my man, Adam Hogue, and he said something really cool. He thinks that it's possible that the Bears game against Minnesota gets flexed, and I think he's right. I think the Jaguars were supposed to play that night. Nobody wants to see the Jaguars right now. And you could have the Bears and the Vikings be above 500 with an important divisional game. I would flex that out for sure to at least 325 but probably to the Sunday night game. And they have to decide on that on Tuesday, whether or not that game gets flexed to Sunday night. But I think it makes all the sense in the world to do that. To get Chicago on a national stage again, because Bears fans show up from a rating standpoint. It would be a lot better for them if that was the case. So let me just check real quick on what that that game was initially. I know Hogue had it, and I retweeted it. So let me just look here. Into the tweets I go. Here it is. Don't be surprised. This is from Adam Hogue's Twitter. Don't be surprised if the Bears' Week 11 game against the Vikings at Soldier Field gets flexed a Sunday night. Steelers at Jags is currently scheduled there. Decision needs to be made by Tuesday. The nation does love the Pittsburgh Steelers. They do a good number too, but I'd rather see two good teams than possibly one good team. So we shall see about that. It's fun. 
By the way, if you want to hit me up and send an email my way, houseoflpodcast at gmail.com is the way that you do that. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. On Instagram, it's the same thing. Some good pics from uh, Bulls games over the last couple of days that I've gone to. But I want you to think about this this week. And we'll talk more about it on Tuesday on, on the radio show. That this is fun. That as our days got shorter, man, it was pitch black, man. I walked out of NBC Sports Chicago just like, whoo. Is it that late? As our days get shorter, the Bears are entertaining us into November, which is what that's all that any of us could have asked in the first season of a new regime with a quarterback who you're trying to figure out if he's good. Now I want to see if they can close the deal and get to the playoffs. I'm not talking about them winning the Super Bowl. I'm just talking about them winning this division and getting to the playoffs. Can they close the deal? Will they have grown? Will they have learned? But now you're interested, as you should be. You got eight games left. Can you win four of them? Can you split? Because if you can, you're probably in the playoffs depending on which games you win. But if you can split them, you're good money, and you're good to go. So that that's it. No elaborate breakdown of the ass-whooping that was Bears versus Bills. I'm on to Detroit. I'm going to make sure I'm not sloppy and respecting the process. For Matt Patricia... Boy, who is he? Never mind. I'm going to keep it positive. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Hit me up throughout the week on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. Thanks for the support of the podcast. It's really important. And do me a favor. If you like the podcast, retweet it. Liking it is great. I want you to like it. But retweet it so that other people can listen to it. It's, it's more helpful. If you share it, then if you just like it, I would prefer that you retweet it to like it. But if you don't have the energy to just hit the retweet button or God forbid, a quote retweet. Hey, I really like this podcast retweet. That would be helpful instead of just, oh, that's great. Lawrence's podcast like. Listen to it and retweet it. That's what we need. Have a great rest of your night or your commute if you're driving in. Thank you for being a part of it. Subscribers, I appreciate you too. If you subscribe and you want to give us five stars, that'd be fantastic. Want to leave a review? That helps as well. Bears are five and three. Time to get happy. Peace.